I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome back to Not Another Mummy Podcast with me, Alison Perry. I'm joined today by Katie Kirby, who rose to fame when her honest blog posts about parenthood and stick figure cartoon drawings started going viral. A big deal followed and so did a greetings card range. But now Katie is turning her hand to something new, writing fiction for a tween audience. Her first two Lottie Brooks books have been hugely successful and well loved by readers. And at the time of recording, the third instalment in the series, The Mega Complicated Crushes of Lottie Bricks, is about to be published. Katie, welcome. How are you doing? We're recording this smack bang in the middle of the summer holidays, aren't we? What has it been like for you so far? Are you cherishing every moment or are you counting down the days until the kids go back to school? Uh, I'm counting down the days till the till our holiday, first of all, and also school. It's fine. It's just a constant juggle, isn't it? And um trying to work, trying to write my next book and also keep them happy. But they all they'll do when they're at home is play on their screens. So it, I just, they, they, they can't really be entertained properly at home. So it just involves taking them out somewhere every afternoon or setting up play dates. And so it's like, can I see this person today? Can I see that person today? So, yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, it's a bit of a juggle, but we'll get, we'll get there. I and think. remind me, are you, I'm, I'm going to take a guess how old your boys are now. Are they, are they 11 and nine? They are. That's very good. How yeah. Did I, know I, that? I, I don't know. That's very, very uh, on point. But, um, and I've, my 11 year old is nearly 12. He's actually 12 next, oh, on Saturday. So <sighs> we're counting down to his birthday as well. Right. Um, yeah. And when they're when they're on screens at home, do you just get are they playing their friends like on games and stuff? Sometimes they are. Yeah, my older one likes playing racing car games now, so I think he just often well he does sometimes plays his friends, but often he's just like joined part of a, like a gang where you have to race people online and stuff. And then my younger one plays Roblox, which I'm sure a lot of people can relate to my eldest does but she's she's so noisy on it she'll like she'll like yeah. facetime her friends and they'll play together while they're like facetiming each other and just she's so shouting and like oh my god yeah. kill him kill him oh my god protect me you get the gem and i'm just like can you just keep it down a wee notch you're so loud yeah. so loud exactly exactly that and but i mean the thing i hate most about it is that it's never they've never had enough time so i'm always giving them warnings of like well you've got five minutes you've got 10 minutes and then as well, I've just started another game and then it slips into like 15 minutes, half an hour over. And then they get really angry and then I get angry and it turns into a, just a big shouting match mm. every day, really. And um, they just, I, it seems to make, especially Roblox, um, makes my son quite cross because he hasn't done what he wanted to do or he hasn't won or he's, someone's um, swindled him in a trade, like done something, mm. you know, that's really upset him. So it's fine. It's just, I don't like their moods often when they come off the games. So yeah, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because it's also what keeps them kind of quiet, so I can get on. Well, so. this is it. This is this is the tricky thing, right? And this is the thing that mm-hmm. I think so many people will relate to, especially when you've got slightly older kids. It's different when you've got younger kids and you've got to be constantly entertaining them and playing doctors with them and playing shops with them <laughs> and uh, yeah, <laughs> I guess it's a bit soul destroying. But a lot of the time with older kids. It is like, it's that balance between, okay, well, that thing that they're doing, and usually it's like on their screens, is keep it's giving me time to mm-hmm. work or whatever it is you need to do. But you know, ultimately, it's not great for them to be on their screens all the time. Yeah, It's really tricky, isn't it? 
It is. And I keep always keep going, when I was your age, I used to, you know, entertain <laughs> myself by doing X, Y and Z. Or I made friendship down bracelets. Street, washing cars. And I used to be quite entrepreneurial. And so I always wanted Did to you? earn money, like washing cars and collecting leaves and making lemonade and stuff like that to earn money to buy things that I wanted. And they just can't be bothered. I just say, oh, do you want to wash the car? Do you want to do this? Like, and they're like, how much? And I'm like, £1.52. pounds. I'm like, nah, I can't be bothered. They, they want like a tenner, don't, don't they? They, they? They want loads of money. to. Like, and even then, then they're like, they do it half-heartedly and yeah. like, is that is that fine I'm like no it's this the garden's still full of leaves it's not fine but they're just really lazy and spoiled kids these days kids today <laughs> they don't know, know they've been born <laughs> they don't know do they <laughs> they don't know what it's like back in the day when it was all hand-me-downs and you know oh yeah um, but what is your setup at home? Like, um, I'm guessing that you, does your husband work full time and then you kind of yeah. pairing around working? Yeah, but I suppose he works from home a lot of the time, you know, like a lot of people post lockdown, he works from home most of the time now as well. So it has become a little bit more split, but generally he's the one who's got the proper nine to five or job. So, and has calls and meetings and stuff and I'm the one who has a lot of flexibility in my work, even though I'd say that I really kind of could work, could say that I work more than full time hours. I, over the summer holidays, it dwindles to whatever I can shoehorn in. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm really getting behind on my next book at the minute, but I'm really struggling to find any peace of mind to do it because even when they're at home on their games, it's, you can still hear them. It's like, I haven't got a clear run. So by the time I've kind of, got my head into writing someone's shouting at me or, or like, asking you for snacks are there anything like my kids yeah. it's constant snacks yeah well this morning my like nearly 12 year old came in and he's like can you make me toast can you make me can you make me a drink and I was like can you I'm just trying to set you know trying to get this all ready for this podcast on this morning he's like oh you never make me drinks anymore I'm like you're nearly 12 can't you just pour your own squash like what it's so lazy I've got a hard and fast rule with my eldest so she's nearly 12 she's 12 um, next yeah. month and I'm just like, I've got two three-year-olds that I, I do have <laughs> yes. to run around and make like 12 rounds of toast in the morning with like the, you know, demands that they have. Like I want half of the bit of toast with jam and half of the half of the bit of toast with Marmite and like filling up their water bottles. I'm like, make your own bloody toast. Like yeah. sort yourself out. You're nearly 12. I think you've got you've got a good, uh, yeah, that's a good argument against it, to be honest. But I think part of mine is just, being too rubbish just being too <laughs> coddling them no. too much and now they're just like oh could, they can't you know they're like don't like drying themselves even when they get out of the shower like, oh I can't dry myself properly <laughs> mommy can you help me dry myself and I I'm love like, it really? I love it they have yeah. to still have no shame about that they're just like you know I'm fine I'm just, yeah I'm just waiting for the puberty to kick in I think guilt-free you can get them to be doing more stuff for themselves because you think well actually you need to be doing this because it's part of you know growing up and being independent looking after yourself so you can mm-hmm. you can guilt-free be like dry yourself sort your own snacks out it's okay it's okay so your blog rose to like you know massive popularity at a time when I think there was probably a bit of a backlash towards all of the blissful rose tinted mummy blogs that were around and had been going right going for about three years or so um when you started blogging in the way that you did was there ever a time when you thought actually, I don't know if I can be this honest about how I feel about being a mum. Oh, it's interesting. It's such a long time ago. It's hard to kind of remember Cast like, your what mind I back. used to feel. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think too much. And I think, I think the thing is, like when I first started, you know, you don't have many people reading or many followers. So it was quite easy to just convince myself that no one read it. And I used to do it secretly as well. So I didn't tell any of my friends or family that I was blogging. It was all a bit cloak and dagger. My husband was the only person who knew, but um, I didn't. T- I didn't want anyone else reading what I was writing and stuff. So it was only when it got bigger and actually people started seeing it, or maybe maybe putting two to- and two together, or maybe just going, "Oh wow, have you seen this?" And I'm like, oh, "Yeah, well, I d- did write that." <laughs> so, but um, so I suppose I didn't at first, and then and possibly then, yeah, as it got bigger, you start sort of second guessing a bit what you're saying and. I think as people point out things that obviously I don't I never want to offend people or upset people that it's supposed to try and help people laugh and feel better about their failings rather than you know than encouraging people to be 
um, bad parents or alcoholic mums is sometimes I get some criticism for but so it's never meant to be like that so I think as it's grown like I have taken some of those comments on board when people are saying oh you know what if someone read it like this and they think this and I'll be oh yeah that's a good point and so I am aware of like um, what people are thinking when they're reading. It's tricky that though, isn't it? Because a lot of comedy and, you know, arguably a lot of what you're doing is comedy. It's taking a comedic look at mm-hmm. a parenthood. A lot of comedy, you could say, well, actually, you know, that could really upset someone or what if somebody, like obviously your whole blog, I guess, identity was based around gin. Mm-hmm. And more recently, I guess there has been a, a conversation around, you know, oh, it's not great to encourage people parents to 6 p.m open the bottle of wine or whatever it is but I don't know I just I just wonder whether there actually there is space for a bit of a a light-hearted look at the fact that sometimes you have had such a shit day with your kids that a glass of wine is something that you look forward to and that's exactly it and I really think that as mums we already feel really guilty and it's okay to want to have a glass of wine it's not like the worst thing in the world to feel like you need to to have like that and I'm talking about that one or two glasses of wine that it's just like having a coffee in the morning it's almost like that it's just your relaxing moment yeah I'm not encouraging people to go and you know get bladdered or whatever but I think it's fine to want to do that but I'm also conscious of people who are saying oh my you know I, I have had a few people message me going oh my auntie's read your blog and you're you know you've got a glass of gin in your hand she's an alcoholic and now she's having a glass of gin as well thanks a lot for that and I'm like well you know I I can't shoulder everybody else's relatives who've got problems and I am aware of it and I do try I have when I you know people have said things like that I'm like make sure that my I don't do it every day you know not every post is about that and I try and make sure it's balanced and I'm not encouraging people to drink to excess at all but it is just it is absolutely fine to enjoy that glass of wine or gin or whatever it is after the end of a hard day and you shouldn't feel guilty about doing that no it's okay not at all um your first ever blog post do you remember it um I think it oh I think it was something to do with like a a username or something I'd seen on mum's net that yes. was oh was it mum's really... net because the, be- oh, the beauty the that. beauty of the internet Katie is that it's really easy to find <laughs> yeah it was something to do with that it was something to do with somebody it was possibly mum's net or a forum that it was somebody who'd tagged themselves like oh all the amazing things they do with parenthood and it was just like a hit at that moment I'm like oh my god I'm just not doing any of those do you want me to remind things you? I like the worst yeah go on then <laughs> so um so yeah so I so I found it um and it, it really resonated even today like then we're talking like this was um like 10 years ago I think you started your blog yeah, um, was, yeah. so basically you were you were saying um I admit like most of us I muddle through and make mistakes but it's not made easy by the smug mum that every NCT or toddler group clique seems to have I came across the below signature the other day on a popular forum and to be honest it made me want to do a little bit of sick in my mouth I think <laughs> looking at it I don't think it was mum's net I think it was probably like a baby centre or something yeah it might, it might have been I they used to have they used to have like it, you used to have like a little signature at the bottom of every post that you posted so this person yeah. had like the names of their kids and like you know the weight and when they were born and then hypnobirthed <laughs> ebf cloth bummed blw and a bundle of smiles <laughs> yeah that, that is exact yeah it just you know when you just think that's just not <laughs> yeah everything no 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 and no and um why do we need to <clears throat> why do we need to kind of boast about all of those things yeah. it just felt it just felt a bit a little bit goady didn't it i suppose and um yeah my and then my blog was basically the complete opposite of that <laughs> Um, what kind of response did you get as more and more people did start reading and sharing your posts? Because I think that's the thing about um, so many of the things that you've written is that I would see like school mums of my like school mum friends who aren't really they're on Facebook, but they aren't really on social media and they don't really read blogs. They'd be sharing it on Facebook. It was like it's such shareable stuff. So what kind of mm-hmm. response did you get as more and more people were reading and sharing your blog posts? Um, yeah, good. I mean, it's nice. I think, you know, when you start blogging, obviously, yeah, you don't have any readers. And but the whole point of doing it is because you like writing and you want people to enjoy what you're writing. So it's a really good feeling when you see that people are like sharing and resonating with what you're saying. And um, I think I'm trying to think what the first 
I mean, this was back in the days of blogging and now it's more social media, isn't it? I don't think people blog in the same way anymore, but it was when we'd, you know, yeah, share like a link on Facebook or whatever and it just, it just go viral. Like people would keep sharing it and I don't mm. think that happens so much anymore. I'm trying to think what it was that was, I think it was the seven stages of sleep deprivation or something. I did it about sleep deprivation and with a few illustrations and it just, yeah, it's just weird to see it blow up like that and but nice you know it feels good that yeah something that you've written is being shared so widely um and you know I'm, I'm I've been lucky like generally I get you know a, a bit of criticism but I don't I feel like I I don't get a lot of um negativity like most people get what I'm saying and doing is kind of a bit of hyperbole and you know a bit of a laugh rather than taking too much offense to it so yeah I think I generally you know come out quite well in that kind of area I also wonder whether if you were to start doing that kind of thing now I mean not that really blogging is a thing like you say whether you would get trolled quite badly but actually 10 years ago there wasn't the same kind of trolling culture maybe there was and I just wasn't aware of it maybe you just escaped it because you were lucky I don't know Yeah, I don't know. Maybe there wasn't. I don't think people, I mean, I just didn't think about stuff like that. I think now we're all, everyone's over, over analyzes everything everyone says. And it's really hard to not offend people almost. Like there's just so many things that you can say that can be taken in the wrong way or, you know, snippets they take out of context and stuff. And yeah, I don't think it was like that. And I don't think I got criticized for half the things that I did more recently when I first started out at all so yeah yeah I think it was probably easier back then um I think you know as it's I think I found it harder as my audience have grown as well so perhaps it's part of the reason why I don't really do that so much anymore and it's part of the reason you know is that the kids have got older and I feel like their stories are a bit more personal and Mm. and I don't want to share it as much but I just don't feel like the need to I just I don't feel any drive or any um need really to put things that I think or I just don't want to share things in the same way anymore why do you think that is because I, 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 I really noticed I mean obviously I, I was mm. I, I was guessing at the time I, I noticed that you were sharing less online and writing less about your life yeah. and I, I guess that a lot of that was that you were writing books and doing stuff behind the scenes mm-hmm. but I also did wonder whether there was more to it whether you know why you reached a point where you were like actually I don't really want to be sharing as much about my life with the world uh yeah I think it's lots of reason I think it's partly the kids have grown up a lot of what I shared was about parenting so I don't feel like I want to share that anymore um because yeah as I say the struggles that they're going through or their stories they're personal to them it's like when we've got babies and toddlers we're sharing those kind of anecdotes but they're all really general we're all going through the same thing so even though it's happening to me you can relate because you're you know your three-year-olds are doing exactly the same thing because it's kind of you know we're the struggles are pretty generic, I suppose. Yeah. And, um, and then also, you know, your audience gets bigger. You start second guessing everything that you do, like everything you post, or is that good enough piece of content to post? Like what, you know, how many, it's hard not to get sucked into the algorithm algorithms and seeing like how many likes things get and feeling that kind of like, oh, that didn't get many likes. Maybe no one likes me anymore. Maybe I'm not funny anymore. Maybe, you know, that kind of thing. And, um, and just, I just don't, I just don't feel like I've really got that much to say. Um, I just, it's just the enjoyment has gone, I guess, like I used to really enjoy it. And maybe that was partly because I had young kids at home and I felt like it was, it was, I felt like I had quite a good community and I enjoyed sharing stuff and I enjoyed hearing what people had to say back to me. And now it's just, it's just changed. Like my life has changed and the landscape has changed and it just doesn't feel quite the same anymore and I guess also like I at that point I when I started the blog I was kind of in between jobs I didn't really know what I was doing and now I've you know I'm writing my seventh book and I feel like I've I've found what hopefully you know especially after doing the hurrah for gin books and I've always wanted to write for kids and I've started these Lottie Brooks books and they're doing well and I just really enjoy doing that and I see that as my kind of thing now and hopefully that's how I can continue on with what I've built um so it doesn't feel quite as necessary anymore I mean my ultimate dream which is 
difficult to do because I think publishers expect you to obviously promote your own books but my dream would be to be so you know to just be well known enough that I don't even have to bother talking about them that I can just write my books and like live under under a rock and then people will just go oh yeah cool I'll just buy that book because I recognize the name but yeah I can't really do that you have to kind of come out and promote it and stuff unfortunately but that would be you know I just I think that social media there's a lot of even as an adult, I feel the pressure and the, you know, even when I post anything to do a book, I'm like, oh God, am I annoying people? Do people want to see this? And I think even as a, you know, like a 42 year old adult, I find that, um, I find that it makes me anxious and um, I just don't enjoy a lot of social media anymore. I mean, I barely look at my own personal channels that much anymore. I don't specifically don't use Facebook hardly at all. Like I check in every now and again, or I might post the occasional picture but generally just don't just doesn't suit me it doesn't make me feel good about myself a lot of the time it just it's better to not be aware of all of the things that everyone else is doing I think often I feel happier when I'm not looking at all of everyone else's things this is it isn't it because like we know that so much of what we see on social media isn't real life um, but my brain still gets tricked. I don't know about you, but I'll be scrolling Instagram and I'll see like beautiful family shots taken, you know, with the kids, you know, maybe like at dusk and it all just looks so yeah. picture perfect and the parents are holding hands and the kids are laughing. And I think, shit, I'm doing this wrong. And yeah. And then but but I know that it's that it's not real, that perhaps as soon as that picture was taken, the kids were like squabbling and you know, stuff you know that that's not real life why do you think that in our 40s we're still having this we're still having this struggle with social media I don't know I really don't know and it's uh, you know and I know you kind of blog about that that kind of thing too and it's exactly what I've been blogging about so I'm kind of supposed to be like a not an expert on it but that's that's the that was the whole crux behind everything that I've done but I still get sucked in absolutely and um I know that I do it too like I post uh, I don't post loads on all my sort of personal Facebook and stuff but I shared some best of all photos and it's all lovely pictures of us having a you know really lovely happy family time it looks great and actually I was quite ill for <laughs> quite a bit of it I had a really bad cold and I didn't feel like I could really drink and really enjoy it and my kids were just like dragging me around trying to find their friends and it was quite stressful so like it, I know it's rubbish and I post that rubbish side myself but um yeah it's hard not to um it's hard not to get sucked in absolutely and I don't know what the answer is and I think possibly the answer is just trying to um be sensible with it and taking a bit of time off and just you know going dipping in occasionally and it's nice seeing other people's you know I like seeing other people's happy holiday snaps and stuff like that and seeing where they've been and what they've been doing but perhaps you just need to think about when the best time to to do that is and it's not every day you, do, you know and especially if you're feeling a little bit like you've had a you've had a difficult day with the kids or you know you've had a difficult week and you've not really done very much especially in the summer holidays when I'm like oh we're not doing anything everyone else is doing these amazing things and I'm just at home trying to work and take them to the park occasionally and uh, you know go down the beach but it's everyone else is doing these amazing days out and stuff um, and it's hard to not feeling to feel like you're failing I mean that's what I, I constantly have like everything in my head is like you're not doing good enough nothing nothing that I do is good enough and that's my rhetoric it's like everyone else is doing more everyone like why why do I always feel like I'm not I'm not hitting the bar yeah, yeah. that's 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 what I'm always feeling and I don't I don't know why Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
<laughs> well, I think it's just because, I guess, because we're just, I mean, I think a lot of it does come down to the fact that we're fed this version of what family life is like. I was chatting mm-hmm. to a friend the other day. She's got twins who are like just turned two. And she went through like so much um, IVF to have them. And she was saying to me, it's just not what I expected. Like, it's so hard. Mm -hmm. And she had this vision of like what motherhood would be like, like drifting around, like, you know, just wafting around being all like motherly. (laughs) And she's like, oh, my God, it's so hard. I think, you know, it's it's just what, what, what we're led to believe. Yeah. And that's exactly what my experience was too. I was like one of the first of my friends to have um, children. So I had um, my my sister had had my niece and she was about two by the time I had uh, my first son. But um, my experience was just popping along, you know, for the afternoon to visit her and she was just absolutely adorable and so cute. And I didn't see the realities of day-to-day parenting. So for me, it was like a, getting hit by a lorry. I was like, God, this is awful. Like, how, you know, I just felt like I couldn't do it. I didn't, I just felt like I couldn't do it. Like to the point where I was like, I don't know how to help myself because I can't do this anymore. Like I got into a bad place. Where I just felt like I didn't know where the way out was. I didn't know how I wanted help, but I just, yeah, I just didn't know how to move on. It was just that hard that I just, yeah, didn't know what to do. I think that's such, <laughs> such a common experience, such a common experience. Um, it's interesting, though, because, you know, when I think back to, you know, when you started blogging and what the the blogging, I guess, not just blogging, but like, you know, like you experienced, you, you wrote about on your first blog post about, you know, this person on a forum. So it's not, we're not just talking about writers who are blogging we're talking about Mm -hmm. mums who are just connecting with each other on the internet on forums um yeah I'm really interested to know your take on why things panned out the way they did you know back when you started blogging and when blogging was taking off and regular everyday people had this like outlet for sharing their experiences whether it was like fashion or beauty or music whatever Mm -hmm. they were interested in um I find it really interesting that the dominant voice within the parenting sphere was this rosy blissful one and I'm fairly certain Mm -hmm. that what you've just described as your experience of becoming a mum which is really similar to my experience of becoming Mm -hmm. a mum that kind of feeling of like oh my God, this is so hard. I don't know if I can do it. Like, this is not what I expected. Um, So we're just two random people, right? And we've had that experience. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of other mums who've had the same experience. Why do you think the dominant voice and point of view was this rosy blissful one when actually a lot of people were probably struggling? It's really interesting, isn't it? And I don't know. And I suppose it's because that was possibly as well what we were seeing in magazines and mainstream media and that no one really wanted to sort of admit anything different um I guess and yeah I don't know and but I think that you know that was the whole reason why I kind of started blogging was because I couldn't find anyone sharing the same experience all I could see was the the blogs I wanted to read blogs about motherhood like having just you know had a baby I really wanted to find people talking about the things that I was going through and I just couldn't so I was following quite a lot of blogs but they were all you know yeah all the day trips and you know throwing your kids up in the air in lavender fields and um beautiful sunsets and yeah crafting and uh, you know weaning and I there just wasn't many people talking about the realities of it and that was yeah that was the reason why I started to do I suppose and um and then now you know now there's there's a lot now now there's probably too many and that's why everyone's going why is everyone whinging about motherhood yeah it's not that (laughs) hard it's gone the other way yeah it's actually quite nice sometimes yeah no exactly you do need to balance like there's there's room for both I think it's just you needed you need to hear both sides of the story and yeah I think at the I think that's the thing. I started at a time, I hit at the right time and and that's how, you know, my blog and then quite a few other people, big, you know, the Unmumsy Mum was another one who was obviously doing this sort of similar thing at the same time um, and, um, yeah, quite a lot of others now, isn't there? Big yeah. People who've done books and things. Um, Jill, I can't remember her second Oh, yeah, name. Jill, Jill Sims. He does yeah, Jill the, Sims. The mummy books. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Why Mummy Drinks and stuff. And, yeah, I think it just as sort of timing, I suppose. But now, now it's good because you can find and I'm not up to date I'm sure there's loads of new ones that I don't know because I don't read about and my kids are older so I don't read about it anymore but I'm sure there's loads of 
funny new ones that I don't. Well, they're all on TikTok, Katie. They're not all. They're not yes, blogging. No, they're not true. even on Instagram. They're all they on TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still trying to get my head around it. I set up a TikTok recently, like an author one, because I kept getting, you know, getting like tagged or people mentioning, mm. saying, "Oh, have you seen? You know, people have done little TikTok. Not nothing major, but just a few people set up little Lottie Books TikTok accounts, and I'm like trying to get my head around it. I'm like, it's scary. <laughs> I don't understand it. <laughs> Having to get to bits all these new social media. Even when you were saying oh, we're doing Instagram video, and I'm like, what? What does that mean? <laughs> yeah, getting old. It's funny though, because like, I mean, I, I. I definitely think that it makes sense that you started that anonymously when you started writing about motherhood because I I definitely think that it would have taken a very kind of bold, brazen person at that point when there there, there wasn't this conversation around how hard motherhood is to mm-hmm. just boldly be like, my name's Katie Kirby and this is why I think being a mum is very often shit. <laughs> when I think back to when I, because I was blogging, I started in like 2011 and I really felt like yeah. I was trying to keep it real, like keep it real because yeah. I was aware that there was all of this kind of like picture perfect stuff going on. But even still, when I look back, I was kind of trying to, I felt this pressure to kind of package up my reality in a more palatable way. In that same way that when you're out drinking coffee with your, like your NCT friends mm-hmm. and you can't quite bring yourself to saying, sometimes I hate my kids. Like you find yourself saying, it's bloody hard, but it's so worth it sometimes. Like when they're falling yeah. asleep at night and you look at them and you just think it's all worth it. But actually that's not what you want to be saying. And you find yourself yeah. just saying the more palatable version. Yeah, no, I, I get it. And I think I think that's just my sense of humour. I've got a really dark sense of humour. So for me, the things that always make me laugh most is when people say stuff like that, when people really just do, like, give it full barrels. Um, <laughs> and I just think that's quite refreshing, really, like, to just let off some steam. And often that's all it takes, isn't it? You just want to get it out and say it how it is. And then everyone, like, you've had the worst day ever and you offload it. And then as soon as you've said it and people agree or laugh, you know, along with you, it just feels so much better. It's almost like it's almost gone. Yeah. And I think that's sort of the blogging for me has been quite therapeutic as well because I found it really hard. And then I realized, you know, some people have been felt like they've been helped through reading my blog, but I've been helped through writing and then hearing back from everyone who's agreed and said, yeah, that's exactly what I'm going through too. And it is really cathartic to just get it out. And then often when I, you know, I've shared something and then people are commenting all their bad days or their stories underneath and you just yeah you I'm laughing back and realizing that that's just really normal and yeah it makes you feel not alone because yeah. so, so much of motherhood yeah. is isolating and so much of it is you thinking oh god I'm the only person who feels this way and I'm a terrible mm-hmm. person for you know feeling like you know counting down the minutes until my kids are in bed so I can just yeah. sit down and take a breath yeah so when you actually hear from hundreds of other women who are experiencing the same it makes you feel like okay I'm not losing my mind yeah definitely I think that's that's yeah you hit the nail on the head that's exactly it and that was always my biggest thing is that I'm why am I the only one who's doing a terrible job that's the biggest that was the biggest like rhetoric going through my head and and it's not and then I saw you know one of the illustrations I did was like of a new mum and it's like you're doing it and I still sell it as a card and it's like you're doing a brilliant job because you need someone to tell you that you don't have to be perfect at it to to be doing a brilliant job just just being there you know the fact that you're thinking you're doing a terrible job shows how much you care about trying to do the best job so it's people who aren't thinking about it who are probably doing a terrible job but you know it's the it's the guilt and I just wanted to be a really good mum and then you're not hitting the bar and then you just feel awful about it and um yeah it's it shows you know obviously even thinking about it shows how much you care and how much you want to do the best possible job for your children so you are doing a brilliant job basically you always are yes oh my goodness also like you saying you're not hitting the bar something I don't know if you do this but I have really found myself guilty of doing this I find that the bar for me is not just like oh, the bar has been set by that one person and I can see on social media that they're doing X, Y, and Z. To me, I'm comparing myself to everyone collectively. Mm-hmm. So I'll be scrolling Facebook and I'll see that family's doing this, this family's doing that. And to me, I'm comparing myself, one person, one family, to everything that everyone's doing. Yeah. 
and I am never going to meet that bar because they're not doing everything. They're just doing one <laughs> of those things. Yeah. But in my head, it's like, that's that's the goal. Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? And I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm the same. That's why you need to, yeah, you need to switch off sometimes and just focus on what you're doing. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Kids will whinge about anything. Doesn't Nothing I do is ever good enough for mine. Anyway, I take them, you know, these amazing dads out and they're just like, mm, can't be bothered. <laughs> so oh, just maybe yeah. just don't bother. Oh. That's the secret. You just don't bother. Just don't bother. <laughs> Just stay, stay at home. home. It's all good. 24-7 screens. So Katie, that's it. <laughs> yeah. That's the secret. You heard it here first. Um, Katie, your latest books. So the common theme that seems to run through all of your work is finding humour in the bleak or the embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you think you've always done? Like while you were growing up, is that kind of was like a, kind of your coping mechanism? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Um, yeah, I think I just I'm really interested in I, I'm a I'm a real daydreamer, so I think a lot about how I'm feeling and how other people are feeling and you know just all that kind of stuff so I suppose I just like writing you know I've always written diaries and stuff and I just like writing about it and thinking about how you know how I feel versus how other people feel and and I guess yeah I mean I I you know I love comedy I you know my favorite thing to do is going out and seeing comedians and funny tv and stuff um and so yeah, I think I've always tried to write. Yeah, in my diaries, they've always been, even when I've been reading them back, especially lately in, you know, when I've been writing the Lottie books, I've been looking through my old diaries and they're quite, they're both, they're both funny and really sad at the same time. Like I just want to, you know, just want to go back and sort of shake yourself and say, believe in yourself a bit more. You know, why are you, you know, why are you putting yourself down like this? Um, Which is interesting, isn't it? It's just like, when you're growing up, you're, you know, you don't have that self-belief and confidence in yourself that kind of comes more with getting older. You become more comfortable in your own skin. Like I was just saying the other day to people about, you know, going on holiday and I feel more confident now. I'm not saying I feel totally confident in a bikini, I don't, but I will wear one. Whereas when I was 20, I probably looked amazing in bikini. I was like, oh my God, I've got a dimple. I've got one dimple there on my side. And I was just like, I can't let anybody see that tiny floor. Um, yeah. And so, I mean, I think that's the, the most refreshing thing, isn't it? Like now looking back is that you can, you realise that people just don't care. And I'm too old now to compete. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> yeah, I'm in my 40s. It's funny though, isn't it? Because like young kids don't care and and then it's probably when you hit about I don't know like maybe 10 that suddenly this kind of awareness of what other people think of you comes in and you're right it takes you until like maybe your 30s or 40s probably 40s I reckon until you get it back yeah I definitely think that it's been better the last few years I think you just feel like you're almost like out of that out of that <laughs> you know I'm just not even competing anymore I'm like too I'm, I'm not, yeah. not even competing with young people anymore you know I've come into a different age bracket now and it's fine I'll just do my own thing and um, you know have a bit more confidence to wear what I want to wear and um, you know nothing crazy but I just I just don't I don't worry as much about what I look like as I used and to what worry people think yeah of what people think think of me definitely yeah. so that's yeah that's, that's a really interesting one definitely the biggest bonus I think of getting older mm. Oh, totally, totally. And apparently in your 50s, it's even better. That's what I hear. So, <laughs> so you look forward to being 50. Although at the minute I'm like, oh God, 50 sounds quite old. But I know every time you get to the, you know, just life goes so quickly. It's scary, isn't it? It's just... It's terrifying. Yeah. If anyone's listening who is in their 50s, Katie doesn't mean it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be there soon enough and then I'll be going, oh God, 60 sounds quite old, doesn't it? And then we're 60. Exactly. It's, you know, it's uh, yeah, there's lots of positives. I mean, I quite look forward to it in a way as well because... Although it's lovely having young kids, I'm also like, uh, imagine when they move out and we can just go on like child-free holidays that cost half the price and we can go to like nice boutique hotels and we can go and wander around and pick like a restaurant to eat at without going, oh, do they have chicken nuggets and stuff? And uh, yes, God, I just can't. And you go in term time when it's like really cheap. Yes, exactly. It'll just be a fraction of the the price to go to all these amazing places that you'd never take kids and. Yeah, so yeah, uh, yeah. There, there will be many 
positives, I think. There will be. But there then we'll be. miss them. We'll miss them. We'll be like, oh, God, it was amazing, wasn't it? So, raise tinted glasses. I don't, think, I, 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 don't think, I don't think I'll be in that situation. No. <laughs> um, I, I, I do find myself, because I, I have got younger kids than you now, and yeah. I do find myself looking forward to when I'm 50. So, I'm 43 now, I think. Mm-hmm. I always forget how old I am. So, my youngest, my twins, will be 10. And I'm really, and my eldest will be 18. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, that sounds amazing because like we can just like go on holidays mm-hmm. and they can just be splashing around in the pool yeah. and I can just like sit and read a book. Like to me, that is like, that's the goal. Yeah. And actually I'm there now because that's similar to, well, yeah, I'm nearly 12 and nine and a half. So I don't, you know, and they can swim. So obviously I don't just let them go off, but I, you know, don't, I can, I don't can lie on a sunbed them. reading a book. Yeah. And they're happy playing and diving yeah. and stuff. So, and they're, and, they're safe. and it is good. It is a good. I think we are at good point. And my oldest isn't hasn't quite possibly like yours, but I know girl, girls kind of tend to grow up a bit quicker, don't they? But he hasn't hit the horrible teenagehood. My like the her really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're getting a lot of back chat and. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I do get some of that, but I just think I know it's going to get. Well, yeah. The hormones haven't quite kicked in, I don't think, just yet. Mm. So I can see it getting um, yeah. interesting. You're, you're in the golden period yes. right now. Yeah. So just enjoy it. Yeah. You're, brief, you enjoy brief window it. of, uh, of yeah, enjoying parenthood. Well, no, I'm not sure. I'm not sure enjoying, sorry. But you, you're appreciating it. That's it's good. Okay. That's good. <laughs> it's funny because, like, my, yeah, my nearly 12 year old, she definitely is, she's quite an old, like, mature you know, nearly 12 year old. Um, but she loves Lottie Brooks. And she's reading right now, she's reading the first Hunger Games book, just to give you a kind of yeah. idea of like the kind of stuff that she's reading. Um, I mean, it's quite a meaty book. Yeah. Um, and the other day I gave her your new book and I was like, do you want do you want to read this one? And I kind of flicked through it. And um, and I thought maybe she might be a bit like, oh, I'm, I'm a bit, I've outgrown it a little bit. But mm. no, she was like, yes. And she grabs it off Aww. me. She was like, yeah, I love, I love these books. Why do you think then that, you know, what is it about the stories and the characters that have made them so popular and so well loved? Um, well, I, I mean, I, when I first started thinking about writing for children, I was really clear on what, because um, I got approached by Penguin, actually. They said, you know, have you thought, we thought, what you do can translate really well into writing for children. Have you ever thought about writing for children? And I was like, yes, I'd love to. And so they talked about maybe doing some like young adult stuff. And I felt like I really didn't, when I looked through all my diaries, it was all really, um, it was just, it, it was, as I say, it was, it, was, it was all very much boys and snogging and stuff. And I just felt like I had more to say to the tween age kind of, girls um because I I remember that just being a really kind of tricky period in my life where you're you know your your body's starting to change and you're starting your school and it's all very awkward and weird and one of the books that really helped me with was that um Judy Bloom are you there god it's me Margaret and I loved all oh, of her books book. I loved all of her oh. books and they were just like a real lifeline to me I think when people especially didn't really talk too much about that kind of thing possibly so it was like a real eye-opening book for me and um yeah it really helped me I think and so I couldn't really find much on the market that was um like the kind of modern day equivalent so I kind of based sort of quite a bit of it around that but also I mean Lottie is obviously based around a lot of my thoughts and feelings from when I was that age and I think you know often that's the case isn't it you have to draw from your personal experiences so I wanted Lottie to be like a real everyday girl like she's not um you know she's not the smartest sportiest prettiest she's just like kind of just almost like your your average um well she's 11 and first but she's 12 now but yeah she's like a real av- you know run-of-the-mill average kind of girl and um and you know all of her worries and insecurities I think are quite what a lot of girls would and, and boys and um, would worry about and I think that that's what I wanted to to do to sort of like create that character that people could hopefully like relate to and help them through, help them process some of those thoughts and feelings and worries that they're going through when they're that age and do it in a accessible, funny way with silly pictures, which is what I obviously do. So yeah, I don't, I get a lot, I mean, I get a lot of lovely messages and I even get some you know, proper old school fan mail, which is my favourite bit of the job. Like people actually like write, write usually to my agents and they forward it on. They've written and drawn things. Um, 
about Lottie or, you know, someone wrote me at Camp Festival, they wrote me a, a whole book about Lottie Brooks going to Camp Festival, which is just so sweet. And, um, yeah, it's lovely just to um, that people can relate to Lottie so much and her life. And, that you know, that's one of the main comments I get. I'm like, oh, it, it's me, that Lottie's me. I'm having those friendship problems. I'm going through, you know, those body changes. And I'm worrying about all the things that she worries and you've, you know, you've, you've helped me. And I think that's the the driver isn't it it's not just the same as with the blog it's not it's never been it's never been about trying to make money although it has to you know it has you have to monetize it in some way if it becomes your job like obviously that's you know but it's more like the the people saying you've you've helped me which is the biggest um which is the nicest thing biggest motivator I guess to come out of and um, those things yeah it's kind of amazing though because like you've gone from writing for a, an audience of mums and I know that you're saying that it's different but you were helping them you were making them feel less alone mm-hmm. and you know letting them know that you're experiencing the same as them and now you're writing for a younger audience and like you've just explained helping so many of them and you know all the kind of thoughts and feelings that you are sharing in the books will be reflect you know reflecting how they're feeling it's kind of it's kind of incredible that you've built this whole career and you're you've gone from helping mums to helping kids yeah and it's mad and I don't know I mean I just feel really lucky I think that I've managed to it's yeah it's weird when I think back like the to the just sitting on the sofa and going oh I'm just gonna seeing that post which is probably what spurred me to start it in the first place that we've just talked about and then just going I'm just going to start a blog and I just came up with the name on a whim because mother's ruin and whatnot and just so it's just what, what you did back then yeah. you didn't spend like no, months no, doing no. kind of like brand analysis and coming up with a concept no. you'd be like I was the same I sat on my sofa one Sunday night and was like I'm just gonna start a blog yeah and I googled how do you start a blog and that's <laughs> that's what you've got to do you just gotta go I'm gonna do it and I did it and without overthinking it and like I just don't know how it's happened but I'm really really grateful that it has but I think as with you know the reason you started yours probably as well it comes from a passion of wanting to write and create and I never obviously thought it was going to lead into books or um you know into an actual you know this is my job now this is what I do but it came from a point of wanting to write and share and enjoying people enjoying reading what I've done so um you know I, I don't know if you get this too but sometimes I get people emailing and going I've written a book like how do I you know I need to sell it into publishers or whatever and it's it's hard to do that I think it's hard to go at it from that way around and um but like it's a long-winded route but it comes from doing something for years for free as a hobby that's obviously then turned into into a into a job so I feel quite lucky that it has because it's yeah it's a great thing to be able to do well in many ways but there's downsides as well because obviously you know sometimes I crave working in like a you know in Tesco's or just a shop or anything that's nine to five an office that you can just switch off because um I feel like it's I'm never able to switch off it's always in my head I and I constantly feel like I've got homework because I've got book deadlines and I'm like oh my god I haven't done enough it's like writing a dissertation all over again so Mm. you know there are downsides but I do feel very lucky to have to get to do something that I really enjoy doing and never would have thought that that was possible for me so yeah yeah it's amazing um lastly Katie you mentioned right at the start that you are writing another book mm. so is, is does that mean there are going to be more Lottie Bricks books to come yes there are and then so the third one is out on the 18th of August I don't know when this goes out anyway but um but yeah that's the um focuses on Lottie and her crushes and her first date with Daniel if anyone reads you might want to find out what happens there and then the next one I've started and I think that's going to be out next July um and I'm yeah I've started writing it and um well I don't know if I can say what it's about but anyway well I don't even know what I'm I, I don't do much planning to be honest I just start just start writing it's not that kind of book where you need to plan out exactly it's just day-to-day life isn't it I think she's going to go on like a PGL holiday I think so it's going to be quite focused around her going on a um yeah away to camp and I I volunteered at my son's PGL so I went away for a couple of days with the school um not at the the time it wasn't based on research he just didn't want to go and he was like oh could you come mummy and so I said I'll put my name down to volunteer and I 
got picked and I was like oh god well at least I'll see it as like a research opportunity so um I went away and I just thought oh, maybe I'll write you know make this into a, a bit of a book or the cabin dramas who gets into whose room mm, and um yeah. yeah other schools and yeah whatnot so a lot of material yes <laughs> so um so yeah I'm doing that now and it's the summer holidays obviously so I'm still trying to get on with it but it's yeah it's tricky but It'll get, it will get done, as I always say. Like it, it will get, it will get done. There's always ups and downs, and points where I think, well, this is awful. I have to throw it in the bin, and then suddenly it's a book in my hands, and I'm like, how did that even? How did it happen? <laughs> but it just does. It. At some point, it happens, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, brilliant, Katie! A huge thank you for joining <laughs> me today. Um, where can we find you online to hear more from you? The, the, the few times that you are on social media yeah where can we find well you? <laughs> um facebook harafa gin um on instagram as well i still have my blog there and harafajin.com but um and i've started some author um channels as well so katie kirby author on facebook and um instagram as well where i just thought maybe i can share a bit more of my kind of author related and day-to-day life without feeling like i'm bombarding people because yeah i suppose the old blog and followers and stuff not everyone wants to hear about children's books and um, stuff so yeah most of us do to be fair we've we've all got kids (laughs) (laughs) oh katie thank you so much it's been so lovely to chat thank you for having me it's been great Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.